The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. I am your host. I am here. I am Valerie Kirkgaard. This is Waking Up in America, and to all of you who wrote, thank you so very much. I was having a medical emergency last week. I actually (laughs) went in for some quadruple healings with a healer, and the guy was so effective that he got everything moving, and I ended up with sciatic nerve like I have never known in my life, screaming my head off before the show. And every time I moved, I was like yelling and screaming and going crazy, but the interesting thing was, it was the guy's work worked. It was the pain going through, and then I had a little troop of friends that came around with things called the zero point wand, and they worked on me with that too. So, oh my gosh, um, I'm actually in better shape than I've been in years, and that's a delight. Let me tell you. So, I, I, I it worked. What can I tell you? It worked. His, his name is. Braco, B-R-A-C-O, and he was in town um, Sunday and Monday. He was at Agape Church, and he was also at the Marriott Hotel. And me being the Leo Dragon that I am, I actually signed up for four sessions. And uh, (laughs) I thought I was supposed to see God. Instead, I was like crawling around yelling, and what it was was stuff clearing out of my system. And now I'm just like having so much fun, and I'm so sassy. People don't even know what to do with me. Um, happy to stay this way. It's a really great thing because it's 23 years we've been on the radio now and next year will be our 24th and I just really appreciate all of you that have been listening and sending in comments and things like that. So (laughs) Andy sent me an email that said missing in action, trying to find out what was going on with me. Ron Hayes, I have to tell you, all the stuff that you've been sending me, I haven't had time to go through it all yet. I'm very impressed. Ron has been sending me documents that talk about Obama's trial and different kinds of um, just different videos and things of that nature. Leonard Spade sent me an interesting video this morning. and I, As I said, I haven't had time to go through all of these, but because I was out of whack last week, the website's all screwed up. Forgive me. It will be unscrewed quite soon. Um, we have an amazing group of people coming together today. Um, we've got um, L&H Brown, Web of Debt. We've got um, C.W. Wright of Emergency Management Solutions. Honest to God, it's globalone.org and all that kind of stuff, but I'll do emergency management solutions. We're backed by um, just really incredibly great people, Sir Jason Winters Tees and L.A. Lifestyle and things of that kind of nature. So, Things are really beginning to heat up around here. Our radio team includes Debbie Ringchop. I'm not sure exactly what Debbie wants to talk about today. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, Dr. Rutledge will give us some more information on 
on inflammation as well as his other topics and make sure that you find out about his movie documentary three billion and counting start asking for it writing checking out his website doing all that kinds of stuff um relating to us and corresponding with us is really good and if we'll put you on the air we'll we'll make a comment about you if you send us something that really moves things forward because that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get people involved here, and we've actually been successful with that. You want to ask a question while we're on the air? Send me an email at val at wakingupinamerica.com. Breaking news today, we've got our, our actually we're having our elections in across the country, and most people, <laughs> I don't know if I mean, I think I can say diarrhea and poo on the air. I've had um, one listener write and say that, the choice in their state, and I won't mention it because she said that the choice was between diarrhea and poo in Georgia. I don't, I'm not going to mention the names. Um, I just told them to go independent and to vote for whoever they liked and to not worry about it. I know that so many times I wanted to, I wanted to vote for a particular individual, but I felt like they weren't going to win or that they didn't have enough, whatever I said about it from now on. If I don't like who's running, I'm voting for who I want to, who I like. And in this case, I'm voting for Shalene Nightingale for governor of the state of California because Shalene Nightingale is my kind of woman. She is, you know, she's gutsy, she's courageous, she's determined, she's articulate, and she's she's good looking, and she she knows how to go to the rifle range and stand up and shoot her gun and. I think we've needed more people that were actually willing to pull the trigger, not like a dangerous thing, but pull the trigger on the things that aren't working. We've got somebody else that knows how to do that here too today, and we'll be bringing her on really soon, and that's Ellen H. Brown, one of my all-time favorites. So, goodness gracious, pick who you want. Listen to the people that are talking. Listen to what they have to say when you have your choice against people that have already failed and people that are lying their pants off and people that are fighting with each other, why don't you go pick somebody you like in your state? Because we know that waking up in America is heard like all over the United States. So I'm Dr. Val Kirkgaard, and I carried the Olympic torch in 1984. And um, I have to tell you, once you light your torch, and that's what we're hoping to do with you here today, is we want you to light your torch. We want you to know that you are a unique individual, and that your likes and dislikes have every right to be honored and respected. And you can get that honor and respect by going after the people that you want and by going over to the RepublicOfTheUnitedStates.org. I've got my fingers crossed that Kelby Smith will be joining us today, and we'll probably be hopping over to Ken Cousins' car. And we're, we have a caller that's calling in at... 1228, between 1228 and 1230, and that's a surprise for you, Ellen Brown, so I'm not talking, okay? I'm not going to tell you what that is. Um, But I am going to say, CW, honest to God, you are just the best announcer co-host I ever ran into. So do your thing, man. LALifestyle.com is one of our great sponsors, the Supplements for the Stars. They design a supreme supplement for the supreme lifestyle. Everybody leads here in Los Angeles and Southern California. It's now made available to the entire nation through LALifestyle.com. And if you are juicing, you've got to go try some of their juice boosters. They are excellent. They're fun. They taste great. And they actually give you more vitamins and nutrients when you uh, apply them in your juicing. Also take a look at the uh, uh, glucosamine conjointin sulfate they have and the chromate and the CoQ10. They've got some great deals on it. And we have a contest right now 
with LALifestyle.com. Remember what happened last week? I was lining up my vitamins so early in the morning. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. And I, I was looking at this. I said, I'm taking this L-arginine, D3, and the K, and the CoQ10. I said, hey, you know, let's have a contest to see if, if the people uh, in the listening audience could tell us why I'm taking these and what they're good for. So here's, here's the contest. You uh, uh, write in to uh, uh, Dr. Val's email. Val at wakingupinamerica.com. Repeat that. Go ahead and say that again. Val, V-A-L, at wakingupinamerica.com. What should they put in the title bar? Uh, put uh, put supplements in there. Just put okay, supplements great. so we know how to... Uh, or supplement contest. That'd be good. Supple- supplement contest. And tell us why CW is taking this. And, and we're going to uh, review all, these, all this information that comes in. And the one that really pops out at us, two things are going to happen. We're going to call you up, so include your phone number uh, as well. And we're going to record you what you have uh, uh, sent in to us so we can play it on the air. And you're also going to get you're also going to get your choice of anything of one item of anything on the LALifestyle.com website. I will uh, uh, personally buy it for you, and that that's that one contest. And don't forget, we got Jason Winters tea. The Jason Winters. Are you drinking? Well, sure, I, mean, I have it right here in my cup. And what I did is I actually <laughs> I blended peach and raspberry. You did the peach. I haven't done that yet. What's that like? It's nice because the raspberry actually has stevia in it. Oh, you got the one with stevia? Yeah. You know, what happened uh, a couple of years ago, people uh, did not want to be adding sugar to their tea. So Jason Winters came up with the idea to use the stevia herb and go ahead and blend it in. And it's a natural herb, and uh, I'm sure uh, Dr. Rutledge could uh, uh, tell us a little bit about stevia a little, little bit later. And uh, they include it in the tea, and it gives, adds a, a tint of, of sweetness. So you, it, it covers that sweetness people like in, in their tea and so forth. Yeah, I like it. I like it. it. And here's, okay, I probably shouldn't confess this, and we can't be spending all our time with the sponsors because we've really got hot guests. But when I want an extra kick because I still like my coffee and stuff periodically and I'm trying to, like, knock that down, I will throw in a caffeinated tea bag sure, into my not? brew. So I'll put in a raspberry, a peach, and a caffeinated bag. Well, that's like that sounds your... like a recipe. You need to get that on the website so people can come get it. Let me tell you, you have the you have the goodness. You feel like you're doing something good for yourself because you're supporting your immune system, okay? And then, but but you also get that like little kick that you don't quite get right. from from things that are so incredibly perfect and pure. It's, it just touches the kind of racy side of me just a little bit and passes me up, and I love it. And um, I'm noticing something else, and as I said, we, my God, we can't keep talking like this, but I notice that I'm not as hungry. You'll do that. The, the, those, the, the combination of the herbs do a, a number of things in your body in developing and cleansing out your uh, 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 blood and purifying the blood. It just does all kinds of neat things. Maybe Dr. Rhodes could speak to blood purification. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually get to Ellen H. Brown now because we've already spent five minutes on our commercial, and I'm sorry. I know we love these guys, but we have to bring on Ellen H. Brown. Where is Ellen? <laughs> we d- the problem is, Ellen, we really love these guys. <laughs> it's, it's, what can I say? Ever since they've been our sponsors, it's been working for us. You know, what, what it is that they're doing. But I remember you've been on the show a couple of times, and I know I got one of your emails, okay? And um, I know that you're working on some really current stuff about private, about, what do you call it, um, pub, 
making public private banks? Actually, public banks. Totally public. Publicly owned. State owned banks. How would you do? How would you do that? Well, you'd have to convince the legislature one way or another to do it. I mean, it would be the state. But it could be done as a city. You could have a city owned bank. But I've talked to the city of L.A., and we haven't gotten very far with that. I think a state is better. But I do have a a huge Google group now. I mean, it's huge, like 180 people that are very committed, and and they're all working in different states. So there's actually stuff going on. So there's an obvious reason that you've made this choice, that you think that the the city or or the state bank would be the best choice. And we were also talking something earlier today when you were talking about something that I thought was really interesting when you were talking about how they're lending debt and not credit. Well, it's the nature of our banking system right now. You know, it used to be that banks banks have always created created the credit, but the way they did it was sort of a fraud. In other words, you mean not, sort of. <laughs> you mind taking the sort of out and yeah. getting like down brass knuckles here? Yeah, it so, was fraud. So you had the you had the gold standard, and then they would lend like ten times as many banknotes as they really had gold. But what they did was it allowed, for for instance, that was developed in the in um, Italy in the Middle Ages, and so they would extend credit basically to these shippers who would go off in their ships with their wares and using the little bank notes, and then they would come back with gold or silver, so they would actually pay off the loan. So it worked. What they did was they generated the credit first, and then the, and then whatever the project was that they were funding um, funded the loan and paid it. Off, so that's what I'm saying. We should do with public banks. Right now, we have so circumscribed our banks. I mean, we pretty much stopped them from doing all that. They've gotten around it by going into the shadow banking thing, which is the whole mortgage-backed securities. Well, what, what, what do you mean shadow? What is a shadow bank? Um, it's the whole, you know, the foreclosure gate, the whole thing yeah. collapsing right now. I'm the so reason, happy to hear that. We all clap. <laughs> the reason that's happened is that um, everybody's. Well, 50%, 60%, I guess, of the homes in the country now are held in the name of MERS, the Mortgage Electronic Registration System, which isn't just an electronic database. So the bank no longer actually has this property. Nobody knows who it has. It but has I thought it. MERS was just a registry. It is. That's the problem. They're a conduit, and they're not allowed to own anything, and yet they're foreclo- they were foreclosing in their name, and various courts prompted by various defendants, attorneys, of course, um, kept holding that MERS was conduit. It couldn't own anything, and therefore it couldn't transfer title, and therefore it couldn't foreclose. So now that they were, so then the banks were scrambling back and trying to repair all this paperwork to make it look like the banks had actually transferred the the um, the, the the mortgages over to the investors. But there are several problems with that. One is that they didn't. No. That's a lie. Yeah, so they've they've actually totally forged or these uh, affidavits. In other words, they're signing things that they're signing. It's perjury. They're signing that they know this stuff to be a fact when they when they don't, and they're backdating them. You, you know, Ellen, I've actually got a copy of a what do you call it when they deposition, okay, of a woman that did what you're talking about for the banks. And she actually has revealed it all. Have you seen that deposition? I've, from I've Florida? seen several. Yeah, there are various insiders that have come forward and revealed a lot of things going on. So what they were doing was they were purposely taking in junk mortgages. I mean, they wanted 
mortgages that would default, and they were doing it. This is a different topic from what I started out talking about, but they were doing it in order to do these synthetic collateralized debt obligations. You mean like derivatives? Yeah, they're derivatives. So as Neil Garfield explained it on his website, he's a big foreclosure attorney, he said that if you had a $300,000 property and if the people kept paying, it was worth $300,000 to the investors. But these properties would have like 30 collateralized debt obligations on it. A synthetic collateralized debt obligation means it's just a bet. You don't have to own the property. So the, the investors are just betting against It's like going to a horse race. You can bet on the horse even though you don't own, own the horse. So there would be 30 of these bets on whether this piece of property would default. So if it defaults, it worth, it's worth $9 million dollars to the investors who bet against it, who are all the insiders who knew this stuff was junk. It would be the banks and their... Why is it worth $9 million? Because, because there's 30, 30 of them betting? 30 times 300000 Oh, gone in. Gone. So, so they were setting up this junk to fail. It was like, you know, the big, the big one that we know about because it was all over the news was Goldman Sachs and John Paulson. Yeah, where John Paulson went to Goldman Sachs and he said, "Set me up something that I can bet against. You know, basically something that'll fail because I want to win this bet." But they didn't tell the investors <laughs> that this was specifically selected to fail. That John Paulson helped choose that the what was going to go into this. Yeah, you know, like the three levels that or, we were talking about this morning. I don't, I'm not actually, on the derivatives when we were talking about the derivative, the triple A and the triple B and the lower and they put them together so that they would fail, that that there would be failure? Well, the, yeah, the idea was that you took all this stuff that was junk and the way you turned it into a AAA investment was that you would have tranches or different levels of investors, the senior investors and the junior investors. So the triple Bs supposedly took first. They took the losses first. They took the hits first. So the ones that would default first, the losses would... Uh, be absorbed by the triple B investors. And so they generally got wiped out since all of the subprime went bad. Um, and then supposedly the triple A's would take last, and so they would be safe because you could be pretty well assured that 75% of these mortgages weren't going to go into default. But, of course, we know now that, that, I mean, it's worse than that. The whole subprime thing is going down, and the, even the properties that haven't gone into default, they're not worth anything anymore because the property values everywhere have gone down. So anyway, that was the arrangement, but that's also one reason why they didn't assign the properties originally to the investors straight out out of the gate. They assigned them to MERS so that they could figure out later where the properties properly went. And later is now. Plus they were yeah, and plus they were using it as, they were pledging these properties as securities for more than one investor group. That's there's good evidence that Bear Stearns did that. They were pledging it multiple times, and they could do that because they got rid of the original uh, mortgage, and then they just had Xerox copies, and then they could, you know, send the Xerox copies around, attach them to all these different Remix, or, or, you know, the, these various investment deals. <clears throat> so, so that was a huge scam set up for the investors. But the point of an article that I just wrote that will be on Yes Magazine shortly uh, was that our whole system is wrong. The reason you have to have properties backing this stuff and you used to have to have gold backing your paper money was that 
we're we're monetizing existing things. In other words, you always take collateral from the, the haves can easily get credit because they put up the things they have for collateral, and then they can get more credit. But the have-nots can't get started because you're not monetizing their future potential. And that's what we should be doing. That's actually what the goldsmiths did when they were issuing these extra paper dollars, but they were always getting in trouble with it because it was a fraud. But if you were a public bank, it wouldn't be a fraud. You would actually be issuing the credit of the community, and you can issue as much credit as the community can perform on. In other words, anybody, any viable little company that wants to do a project and they want to get credit, you, the community, can afford to underwrite that because you're... you're, you're because just, we're real. Yeah, you're backing it with the credit of the people. Not, yeah, we're real. It, not with it's, some pile of gold or some fund of savings of somebody else. Yeah. But even then, I mean, if if you take a look at... One of the things that we were talking about, and I understand Calvi is supposed to come in about, um, about 1237 on this, is... Um, all of us on this program are actually part of the Republic of the United States, which with a lowercase u, and what the Republic of the United States has been doing is we've, we've actually created a parallel government to the current government. And I think you might do very well to actually spend some time with like Ken Cousins or who, who will be dropping in periodically um, during these conversations, or even, oh gosh, you know, I almost said it and I think I will. Um, <laughs> you know this person, and we actually elected her as governor of the of the Republic of California. Okay, and her name is Shalene Nightingale, and that's my surprise for you. When she heard you were going to be on today, she said, first of all, she told me she was too busy to be on the show. But when I told her that you were going to be on, she goes, "I love that with H. Brown. I love her. I love her. I love her." So uh, she's agreed to call in from her car <laughs> while she's driving. But she's actually our governor. And there's really, if you go to the Republic of the United States dot org, and what I would recommend, we, we we try to get into the history of it, but we've told it so many times, and they've done an extremely good job, Ellen, of of listing the history of of what we're doing and what's going on. It's really rather remarkable. We have an interim government. We have uh, we have senators, we have Congress people, we have um, grand juries, we have governors, we have all the things that you need to have a government. We're recognized by over 100 company, countries in the world right now, and um, what? Let's just say that, and we're we are we are <laughs> we love God. You Dr. know that Val, thing that's been we, dropped out of the rest of the conversation. What was that, Doctor Val? We need. An attorney general, and we need a finance uh, minister, a secretary. Oh, do we? A finance uh, minister and an attorney general for the secretary of treasury. Do you know anybody? Maybe somebody like Ellen Brown. Yeah, that would work. And especially Ellen, it's really big, and you. And I, 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 I promised you that we were going to give you some surprises on the show today. We'll talk. Yeah, definitely, we should talk, and you'll be pleased about it. But what we've done is we've actually re- returned to the Constitution. We actually have God back in the equation as, uh, as a, as a, our leader. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really nice. I mean, you, you could actually. You get somebody actually sent me an email about how they almost fell over because somebody was actually bringing prayer back into the schools, shamelessly bringing um, prayer back into the schools. So, 
uh, I like what's happening a lot. I, I'm, I'm tired of the corruption. I'm tired of the lying. I'm tired of all the other stuff. And what I want to do is give give everybody here a chance to um, make a comment or say something to you. Um, so, Ken, in your car, are you there? Is there anything you'd like to say or add to this conversation? Uh, yeah. Hi. How are you all? Hi. Um, hi, Ellen. Uh, I just want to add, and I only I know I only have a moment, but uh, the layers on top of which what Ellen is talking about go even way deeper. It's like how deep does a rabbit hole go? Because all those derivatives are what are considered off-book instruments, and they are traded in the international arena. And the key the issue is they've, they've taken off from any grounding of what is real, as Ellen was saying, whether that's gold or real value and property. And all of the uh, fiat currency created from that international trading is what's called off-book. And the issue is the banking system is having to deal with the fact that there is no balance between the ratio of any value underneath all of this funny money that's been created, and it's inflated way more than the media the government are trying to uh, reveal. So whether we're talking about what Ellen's talking about, a city or a state-based, true uh, credit-based bank with real monetary value, or what we're going to create in the Republic, uh, we're bringing it back to balance, and that's what's happening. The system that has totally exploded, is now collapsing. The only refuge, as far as we're concerned, as you know, is to come back to lawful government and proper structure, monetary policy, uh, and um, real value that that uh, monetary units are actually backing. So I'll turn it back to you. You know, we'll be happy to, to, to visit you at your house even. And um, we'll bring CW along and maybe Ken and a few other people, Debbie, um, whatever, because you're going to get excited. I know that how hard you've worked and for how many years you've put in it. And you know where I was trying to think of who's the guy that wrote um, um, The Creature from Jekyll Island Griffith, right? Uh-huh. Edward Griffin. Edward Griffin. That's where she's headed. When she, Are you here yet, Shalene? Shalene is actually on her way to Edward Griffith's house. Do you love it? (laughs) Does this feel like a moment in destiny, perhaps? It will certainly when we get her hooked in there. Deb, you might go looking for her now since she's not on. Can you do that? I will. Thank you so much. You heard the most competent (laughs) Miss Debbie Ringchop, actually Mrs. Ringchop, going after Shalene. so it's it's all coming together. It's like, listeners, please take hope. And if there's nothing else that you get out of this program, know that a lot of people are doing a lot of work to create something that's really different and really new. And CW, is there anything you'd like to throw yeah, in? Yeah, I, I got my hand up. I, I was wondering when you were going to notice. <laughs> what did I tell you? I can't see as well as I used to. Uh Ellen, what advice do you have for the victims, uh, the people who are falling victims to these uh, illegal foreclosures that are taking place? Is there anything they can do to, to uh, uh, I mean, if it, I understand people get in trouble and they have to do things, but there's so many illegal, unlawful foreclosures going on. People don't deserve this kind of treatment. I mean, we're looking at 90-second foreclosures in the courtroom. Come on. Mm-hmm. No, well, they should definitely file some sort 
well, in a non uh, in a non judicial foreclosure state, which California is, you don't even go to court, and so you'd have to actually file an action in court. But that's what they should do: file an action to quiet, quiet title, uh, demand to see the note, um, and in the judicial foreclosure states, definitely file an answer. And don't just let right. it go by. Now, are we? Uh, which one are we? California. We're non-judicial. Non-judicial. What does that mean? It means you don't automatically get a court hearing. If you want to go to court, you're going to have to be the plaintiff and file suit for something. Okay, but I went to court and I demanded a wet ink signature, and I was told that I had no right to that. And then I was, and the judge actually decided against me. Well, you should appeal, but you know that the. the Sentiment is going the other way now. So, and there are a number of websites. Actually, I don't have my computer. I'll turn my computer on. But there's one that's sort of a group action thing for demanding the notes. So, if you do what everybody else is doing and it becomes a movement, then um, I, I think they can't really stand up to that. I mean, it's so obvious that they've been cheating with all this robo signing, and there's just fraud all all down the line. Everything they did from start to finish from when they solicited these loans in the first place. They were um, they made misrepresentations to the buyers, of course, things like they would fail to mention that it was going to reset in two years or whatever. To, they were trying to take in people that didn't take, speak English very well because they wanted people that didn't understand the paperwork. And you know their contracts are so long. You, nobody reads the contract. I mean, you're right. you embarrassed have, to yeah. sit there and read the contract. Like you didn't trust these pages, nice you know. people that were, yeah. So you always just say, well, tell me what it says, you know, and they give you a little summary. Yeah. So if they don't tell you, now who, and if they didn't tell you, who are you going to raise this defense to? There's nobody because if if it was filed in the name of MERS, MERS says, well, we're not that, we're just the agent. We're not the real owners. And that, so that's why you say, well, I want the real party and in interest here. And you're entitled to that. I mean, that is real estate law. And if the judge threw it out, and I know in California it was only recently that there was some strong... Um, precedent the other way. There was a um, bankruptcy court, I think in August, that held that um, that the, the the trustee had to show the paper, you know, had to be able to show chain of title, and that because MERS was on the chain of title, MERS necessarily broke the chain of title, and uh-huh. that would be true for every single case. You know, if that's true for one case, it's true for all of them. If MERS is on your title. That's why it would make a good class action. It's I see a class action suit coming. Well, yeah. all the we have a governor and our leader, Ellen Brown. <laughs> <laughs> well, two things. First of all, that's cool. I really like that. Uh, second of all, we have Contessa, who has just sent in an email saying, is there still gold in Fort Knox like everybody believes? I don't no. think so. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think so. Probably either. that kind that's paper gold on the outside. And well, it's been gone a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, and then there were those fake gold bars, you know, that were found in. Was it was it China that got all those fake gold bars? That's probably what we've got. <laughs> I didn't know about the fake gold bars. Well, they're like gold on the outside, and then I can't remember what's on the inside, but not gold. Did you find her, Debbie? No, it went to voicemail. It went to voicemail. Gosh darn it, Chalene. I'll try her again. Yeah, do that. She knows. She probably forgot to turn it on or something. She's so fuzzy try to get everything done before the election. Well, since since I've said that and since I don't know where she is at the moment, what I am going to say is that in talking to her this morning, it turns out that if you go to topic, topics.com, 
she's actually showing up number one in a couple of polls. Now, they're sure not mentioning that on television. Okay, so um, check out topics.com. Find out about what Shalene Nightingale is up to, and I'm telling you, this woman is just the best. I took one look at her um, up in um, where I met her, and the next thing I knew, it was like, gosh, this is the woman. She, <laughs> I will say she's highly adaptable. She's incredibly determined. And um, with all the stuff they've been dropping on her and trying to keep her out, they've locked her out of all of the debates. She's still showing up as number one in some of the polls, so I thought you might want to check topics.com. Okay. And it, I'll just say about the foreclosure thing. I have a link on my blog at the top of the blog called foreclosure relief and i've got a number of websites you can go to oh that is terrific interesting stuff and so it's my blog is my website is webofdebt.com and then there's a link at the top that says blogs if you go to that then the link at the top of that is foreclosure relief excellent 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 um we're going to get another question if if i'm allowed really quick and then because we got to take care of dear old dr rutledge Uh, Ellen, there's a yep. lot of talk that when you go get your mortgage or you, you're buying your house and you're getting your property, before you close escrow, that the property that you're buying is actually paid for in your name before you receive it, and you're simply signing documents to pay money back to a bank. Is, is, can you address that or shed any light on that? Well, I think when they when the the loan originally is a line of credit. The bank takes out a line of credit, funds the loan, and then as soon as you sign this piece of paper, that is now an asset to them because, you know, it's a, you're going to pay over time. So then they immediately sell that off to investors. Yep, but but they really didn't loan you that money. Banks aren't allowed to loan depositor money, are they? No, they don't that's it. It's a line of credit. So they don't they don't actually put up money. Basically, they've they immediately switch it over to the investors. The investors put up real money. But then that's another issue. Because the investors can't prove chain of title, they can't. They don't actually have the real estate that they think they have as security. So all they really have is a claim in equity, which means they have to come up with the note and show that X amount of money is owed and that they haven't been paid. Well, many of these investors have been paid because they've been paid with the collateralized debt obligations. They got they bought insurance, what's called insurance, so it was a credit default swap. So they've gotten paid off with when the stuff went in went bad. So they would get double payment if they got to foreclose on the house. So that means there's no lien on the house. That means the house is owned free and clear. I mean the house is owned free and clear anyway, in the sense that nobody can foreclose on it, but you, the homeowner, may owe money to because you signed a promissory note and somebody gave you money. And the, and the investors really did give you money, so they're really out the money. But the only claim they have is they can, is to prove exactly how much money they're out. And if they can't prove that, you're off the hook. Oh, I have to tell you, I just got another email from Contessa. She said it was tungsten coated with gold in China. Yeah, right, tungsten. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is that as valuable? That was probably came right out of our Fort Knox. I, I'll just, I wonder. Val, hi, it's Shalene Nightingale. I just want to interject real quick because I'm on my way to G. Edward Griffin's home and I just don't <laughs> have the time. Um, you know how busy I am. Ellen, I think the world of you, you and I have a, a ton of mutual 
uh, contacts. One of them is Dr. Stanley Monteith, who actually introduced me to your Web of Debt Ideas and the Sound Money System Bank of North Dakota, and that's one of my platforms here in the state of California. So I want to thank you oh, so much. I've watched your videos. I have, I've learned so much from you. You oh, are fabulous, you. and I look forward to meeting you one day. I'm sure you know G. Edward Griffin. Um, yeah, and I mean, I've definitely read his books, and I love he his books. Is yeah. a, he's amazing. We're going to do a video together today on economy and in the state of California. So, Val, thank you so much. I know that you're doing a lot, but I just wanted to quickly let everyone know um, it's a frenzy in our campaign right now. You know, here we are, the independent candidate. Um, and in the beginning, we were the candidate that everybody said could not win. And now people are actually saying, oh, my gosh, she might actually win. And besides the topics poll I heard you quote, there's another poll on a, a major San Diego station that now that has us in the lead. It says, will you vote your conscience? and cast a vote for the Tea Party's Shirley Nightingale for California governor. And the votes are yes, 55%. Change starts with my vote, or no, she cannot win. A vote for her is a vote for Brown. Um, and not Ellen Brown, of course, Jerry Brown. If it was <laughs> Ellen Brown, I'd be, stepping out, I'd be stepping out of the race and letting you win. Um, but just to say this, we are also polling from Democrats. This is, is sort of misleading, even though we're winning in this poll. We also have tons of support from Democrats. In fact, I received a phone call from a fabulous woman named Donna in, in out in Palm Springs who has a group of uh, 40 Democrats and 38 of them are voting for us. So it's across the board. (laughs) Liberty, the message of liberty and freedom crosses all party lines, and especially as Ellen is educating your audience today, when it hits people's financial freedom, they pay attention. Uh, Also when it hits their spiritual freedom, they pay attention too, because people are really upset about about spirit being pulled out of everything, God being taken away like a bad a bad name, you know? Absolutely. Well, I love you, Val. You know that. Ellen, I look so forward to meeting you one day, but I have to run. Um, and, okay, and God good bless luck. You all. I love your enthusiasm. Well, thank you, Ellen. <laughs> Talk later. Bye-bye. You're the best. Good job, Bye-bye. Debbie Ringchop. Oh, what they really need is a system where... You can vote your conscience, and then you're, you know, so you get two votes basically. So if if that person doesn't win, then your vote would go into your second choice, which would be one of the major parties, because I'll just bet if they did it that way, the major parties would not win. The only reason I'm the sure major parties win is that everybody's afraid that they're wasting their vote. Ellen, they, they wouldn't. The other party to win. They wouldn't even let her in the debates. They shut her out, even at, at state universities and stuff, which I thought was illegal. I called some attorneys. I was so upset about it, and they all said they changed the rules so they could do that. So the state has no obligation to any kind of fair play here. Um, Dr. Ravage, though, I wanted to find out if he has a question for you because we're also going to. Uh, need to slip in and get his message as well and stick around, Ellen. Do you have any any message for her? Well, I, I really don't have a question as much as I have a comment. Uh, you know, I am uh, fast learning uh, about all of this whole financial debacle, um, and what I'm finding is that it's just a, a bigger outpicturing of what's happening within the medical system. Um, oh, totally. That's how I jumped over into writing about, I had 10 books on health, on health, and then I jumped over into the monetary system because that is how we 
that's how they've got us by the throats. That's where their control mechanism is. Exactly. It is the root um, source of uh, the whole medical system because it's all based in wealth uh, tied together with uh, the insurance company, the AMA, uh, and the pharmaceuticals, as you know, that triad, and that keep people uh, locked in um, ill health, actually. And so that's uh, my forte is uh, is helping uh, people become empowered uh, with medical knowledge uh, to, to see alternatives. It's not just one way. There's many ways. And sometimes the traditional way is the way to go. Uh, but many times that's all people see and they feel disempowered because of the system. Um, so I applaud everything that you're doing because I know that is the root source of, of all of these things. And that's what's so wonderful to me about the Republic that is coming on. I hope you will learn much more about it. It's, it's uh, just a, a group of, uh, a large group actually of like-minded people that uh, want to see the system uh, not be corrupt and be uh, uh, let everyone flourish in a sense, you know. Um, that, that brings me into my documentary. One of the reasons I made that documentary, uh, the name of it is Three Billion and Counting, it's about people being held down, if you will, people in third world countries that um, don't have life-saving technology that's cheap. Uh, going towards other things that are money makers, and I'm, primarily I'm talking about DDT, which was a chemical that was banned back in 1972. We were scammed about it. Uh, it's actually completely safe. I found the 9,000-page document that exonerates uh, DDT. They did not have the scientific findings to uh, back the ban of that. And as a result, 50-plus uh, million uh, women and children have died as a result of it. Uh, as well as uh, hundreds of millions, if not into the billions, of infections from all manners of diseases that could be prevented by it. And so when you're mired in disease, you will never, ever get a jump start on rising out of poverty. Mm-hmm. And see, when you, ri- when you rise out of poverty, you have less children. So at the, at the root of a lot of this, what I've been seeing is some ill-founded ideology in overpopulation. But when you look at the science and the facts, the Earth is not overpopulated. Uh, get on an airplane from, from Los Angeles to Denver. Look out the window. What do you see? Nothing. Mm-hmm. You see mountains and you see all ground. That the, I mean, it's just so much space. Um, and in the same, what I point out in this documentary is uh, to... Be conscious of these things. The new environmentalism that is coming on strong, and I will help forge the way of this, is putting people first. That is how you can sustain an environment, is by putting people first. Putting people first means, uh, well, if you didn't have the people, you wouldn't have an environment to be conscious of. So when you put these people first, they don't use the natural resources and all of these things uh, cutting down every tree uh, that they can find, and they're not concerned about planting another one back. They're concerned about getting heat or uh, building a lean-to to stay out of the weather or all kinds of stuff. So that's the importance of, of my documentary, Three Billion and Counting. 
your documentary is way more important than that. I'm, I, I get what you're saying. I totally get it. But during the course of this radio show, 400 kids are going to die, okay? And they've oh, been yeah. dying since 1972. And it's as far as I'm concerned, it's murder, okay? And I don't know that you would use such a strong term, but I am using such a strong term after having seen this. And if we don't see this documentary and we don't understand what's going on, this is... Imagine losing your children or imagine having eight children so that maybe three of them or two of them will survive. It's murder that's going on out there, and it's, it's what you call it, rational murder, justified murder as far as I'm concerned. Right. Uh, it, it, and, and it could be called that. I, I wouldn't go that far. I would. Uh, I sat there and yeah. I watched it. If, a, if, a, if the world – was it the International Monetary Fund, or you can correct me if I'm wrong – refused to give money to any country that had any evidence of DDT protecting its fruits or vegetables or on any of their products? That's is that true. not murder? Is that not murder, Rutledge? Dr. Rutledge, is it not? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I have had some tangles with some lawyers about that. Okay, so I'll say it and they can come after me. Well, no, no, what I'm saying is that technically they say it's not, but yes, if you look at it from a certain standpoint, it is because you know they're going to die. Exactly, and if you what tell our tell our listening audience what what happens when um, in like in America didn't didn't DDT clean up malaria in America? Oh yeah, you know they started using it right after the war in 1946, and from 1946 to 1951, malaria was completely eradicated from the United States. And, and so that was in five years, right? We're talking five years. Yeah. Five okay, years. Okay, so time. since 1972. 400 kids an hour have been dying because these guys want to provide medicine, they want to provide products, and they want to reduce the world's population, and why not just go do it in Africa or something like that where people are expected to die anyway? Yeah, well, what they say uh, is, you know, it's, it's natural. Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> okay, so I'm just saying that this could have ended in 19, in 19... By 1977, if we add five to 1972, it could have been eradicated. So since 1977, 400 kids an hour are dying, and it's been happening for over 40 years now, so we're kind of used to it? Well, I, I don't know that we could extrapolate the United States because of the different uh, environment, different uh, uh, level of uh, infrastructure and everything else like that. So do you think in 40 years we could have eradicated oh, yeah, it? Well, yeah, of course, of course, yes. So clunk, Five clunk, years clunk. is a big, is a big is a large leap, but I, I wouldn't put it if all the right things were put in place. And see, that's the problem with uh, the de facto government and really the world government. And there's so much bureaucracy and red tape and stuff that you can't even really move. I just read an article the other day that was out in Lancet, and the World Health Organization has grossly underestimated the deaths in India. Well. Uh, technically, DDT is legal. You can use it anywhere in the world you want. But, but according to this health minister in India, it's illegal to transport it. See? So it's like, uh, you know, don't ban guns, just don't provide any ammunition. Okay, so we're about out of time now, but here's what I'm going to tell you guys to do. First of all, pay attention to what he's saying, and Ellen <laughs> will we'll do... Uh, a lot of people wanted to know more about inflammation and stuff, and we promised to do something about that, but I just got so plugged in at this conversation that I just can't 
stand it. I, I wake up in the morning and I go, while I was sleeping, another 3,200 kids died. You know, and sometimes I have peaceful mornings if I drink my Jason Winters tea and stuff. But don't <laughs> drink the tea. Write the letters, okay? Write this guy a letter. You can you can write it to, to Dr. Rutledge. Do you want to give him your email address? Yes, ask Dr. Rutledge, so A-S-K-D-R-R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E at AOL.com. You can ask me any medical questions. Um, I am, uh, if if you write in, if, if you're um, um Restore America. Listener, you can uh, just put that in a subject line. I'll be happy to do any type of consult with you. You may also give me a call at 818-761-4687. That's my office line, and I'll be happy to do a free uh, five- to ten-minute consult on whatever issue you may have. If I don't know the answer, I'll point you in the direction of, of those that do. And if you don't take advantage of this, don't ever come whining to me that you don't feel good or that life doesn't love you or whatever it is because we're passing out the freebies here like wildfire and we are committed to having free lives, freely expressive lives, people doing their absolute best, having not going home and getting depressed because they don't know if they're going to lose their home or whatever. And I don't know how many years you've been at it. How many years have you been at this, Ellen? Sorry. When did you start? Were you talking to me? Yeah. (laughs) You're the only Ellen I know right now. Um, How many years ago did you start on this journey? Well, um, I... Which journey? I was actually a lawyer, you know. Okay, so you've been fighting right, okay? Oh, well, since I was 10. Okay, so you've been at it since you were 10. Rathledge, when did you start? Well, I... um, I graduated uh, from uh, from medical school in '96, and so uh, at that point, well, I was already uh, practicing medicine a bit. So I guess you could say 14, going on 15 you years. Started 14. I started at eight, looking oh, at what? injustice. Okay, I was reading Sherlock Holmes and stuff like that, and trying to figure out why people didn't get along better, especially our I, family. I wanted to find out, Debbie, when did you start? wanting to help people? I think I've been doing it most of my life, but I would say once I graduated from high school into college is probably when I kicked into the gear. And she really helps people a lot. Has Kelby gotten here yet? My daughter was 10. We used to live in Africa, and my daughter was 10, and she got this environmental bug, and so she and her her the neighbor girl went around and they were making little things and they were selling them because they were gonna they wanted to start this uh, environmental program that would save the earth and so they sold some things and I think they made a couple of dollars and I I'm afraid I killed her her zeal I said I said well you could probably buy a waste basket with that she never forgave me for that but she, <laughs> but that's what she's doing now she's like 31 or I'm sorry she's 29 my son's 31. And she works for a UN NGO, and she lives in Switzerland, and she's doing environmental funding for environmental programs. But it is remarkable how early on in life you get instilled with these ideas, and then they just seem to drive you for the rest of your life. Yeah, totally. CW, how old were you when you got when you started wanting to help people? Mr. CW, right? I was six years old when I started. Because I saved my sister from an attack on a beehive, 
and it was stuck with me. And I said, wow, that was cool. And so early on, I liked the feeling, but then I also realized what had happened. And it just, you want to help people. Yeah. How did, how did you save her? She got caught in this beehive uh, out playing, and she was, uh, there was yellow jack. She was just a baby, and yellow jackets were crawling all over her. And my mother was screaming at the top of her lungs because she was behind this, uh, this fence, and she did. She she was so in shock. She didn't know how to get to her. She wouldn't go over oh my the fence. So I ran around, went through the gate, which was like three feet away, and ran through the gate. And I just I just grabbed her and drug her away from there. And it was really cool because after it was all said and done, mom was in shock, and I w- I was barefooted that day, and she there was a yellow jacket on my foot, and I came away unscathed until my mother picked up a two by four and hit me over the foot to kill that yellow jacket. Conscious. Oh, <laughs> he broke my foot. Well, uh, I want to I want to get to Ken really fast, and then I want to Tosh. So so you actually were wounded in the course of action. Um, really quickly, um, B. Jones wants to know um, how I can vote for governor when I'm a signed up Republican member, and how I can vote for governor is she's already our governor. Okay, so we're going to win on both sides because uh, Shalene Nightingale is the governor of the Republic of California. So we figured if she was in the de facto system that she could really um, have some interesting and powerful support. So that's how we can vote for her. We've already got her as our governor, and we we know she's terrific. Uh, Ken Cousins, uh, you want to close out here with what age were you when um, you got into helping people? Well, that's kind of relative. I've been at it this cycle for about 10,000 years. Oh, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's this cycle. Before then, you know, I mean, we could go further back. But uh, in this particular incarnation, I definitely started sensing things were distinctly wrong with this planet when I was very young, three, four, five years old. And by the time I was seven, I actually wanted to be president of the United States so I could be in a position to uh, start changing things. So that's what I've been doing for the last 50 years. How about that? So we've all been at it. We're all doing it. We've got a lot of listeners who actually have been doing a lot of things like this. And the deal is that they began to think they could never win. And what I'm telling you is go to the Republic of the United States.org. Check out our history, sign up on the Declaration, and join the winning team. Because the truth of the matter is, if you have a choice between heaven and hell, and you really are clear that the choice is heaven or hell, huh, is it hard? I mean, unless you just really like hot fires and pitchforks and stuff like that, because it's really easy to suffer here. So check out the Republic. Uh, We've got a lot of listeners who say that they love this show. They love this show because we're representing what the Republic is all about, and we're representing what truth is about. So um, here, what can I tell you? This program has been brought to you by the Golden Hearts Foundation in association with Preferred Media. Our uh, radio partners, CloningCompany.com, Dr. James Murphy and Memoriam. Oh, gosh. Our producer, C.W. Wright and Emergency Management Solutions Global One.org. We thank LA Lifestyle and Sir Jason Winters T. And honest to gosh, the team at Voice America, you rock. Mike, thanks so much. And the music you're listening to is almost ordinary people because that's what we are. We're ordinary people with extraordinary dreams and the willingness and the persistence to do it. And I'm saying 
tell everybody you know to go vote for Shalene Nightingale. Even if, you, even if you're in Georgia or Arkansas, perhaps write her name in. I mean, she's terrific. And you'll feel like you did something good, honest to goodness. City of Salvius Fortius, that's what we torchbearers say. Swifter, higher, stronger. How about that? Tune in next week. This is for you. This is for you and me and who we see when we see. Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com, and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.